Welcome on this Monday morning. I'm glad to be with you once again. This week, we're going to talk about the ministry of angels. Holy Father, I love you, and I'm glad that you're with me in the form of the Holy Spirit. Father, cause me to present the word of God in an excellent way, Father, to bless my brothers and sisters. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon you, and I say that you are healed, that you are blessed, and that you are prosperous. For it is God's will that you prosper and be in good health. So I bless you, and I pray, Father, that you'll give me the words that cause their soul to prosper. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, brothers and sisters, angels encamped encamp around them that fear the Lord or them that reverence the Lord. You know, that word fear the Lord is similar to the word reverence or have a respect for the Lord. You know, God inhabits the praises of his people. So I want you to say this. Say, bless you, Lord Jesus, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. Let's say it again. Let's say it about three times. Bless you, Lord Jesus, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. Let's say it one more time. Bless you, Lord Jesus, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless your holy name. Now, in, in Psalms 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. But I like to make it personalized. You know, recently, you know, I, you know, when I, I've been confessing that it is, it is the Lord that is working in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I've been confessing that. I've been confessing and thanking the Lord that he's in me in the form of the Holy Spirit. So I altered that confession and made it personalized. Instead of saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Well, if he's in me, I'll say, bless you, Lord Jesus, O my soul. You know, it's personal. Jesus is with you. When you start becoming conscious that he's with you, your language start to change. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go to your mom and say, bless my mom. Or hi, hi, or hi to my mother, and your mom, mom is right there. You say hi, mom. You understand what I mean? So you wouldn't say bless the Lord. No, you make it personalized. Bless you, Lord, because I know you're with me, and I know that you are in me. You need to make it personal. You need to acknowledge that the Lord is with you. Now, the reason I'm saying these things, because you cannot see the Lord, but the way you know he is with you, is because the word teaches that is with you. In Hebrews, the, uh, the 13th chapter, let me go there real quick. Hebrews 13 and that verse um, 1, it says, let brotherly love continue. And at verse 2, it says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So you got to love everybody. Let that brotherly love continue. Why? Because you could 
be entertaining an angel that is in the theophany of a man. See, God sent angels both in spirit form, but he can also cause the angels to get into a body to be a blessing to you. This Now, how do you know he does that? Because his word teaches that. The same way you know that the Lord is with you now. The Lord says in his word that he that he will never leave you nor forsake you. One place it says, how can you love the Lord who you have not seen but hate your brother who you have seen? That lets us know that God is a person that you have to love, that you have to know by his word. When you know him by his word, See, then you can know him by his presence. See, because a presence can come upon you, and it can be an evil presence, and you can think it's the presence of the Lord. That's why you have to study the word to show thyself approval of workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You cannot separate the Lord from his word, because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among men. So God in his word is saying, be careful not to entertain, uh, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And we know by the word of God, in Psalms the 34th chapter, and I'm just going to quote it, it says the angels are kept around them that fear the Lord. So when you reverence the Lord, other words, and when you feel or reverence the Lord, the same thing, God has made sure angels are encamping around you. Let's go to uh, Matthew, the 18th chapter, and at verse 1. It says, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receive it me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into the life of man rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. 
Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. Now, I read all that to get to this. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. So God, even from your birth, even when you were small, or even when you get born again or, or, and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, see, those little ones was going to who? To Jesus. You are a little one. You are God, little children, and have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He refers to his born-again ones as his little children. How I many understand that? Now, you got little, little children, but you are a child of God. And he said that you have angels and that your angels look at the face of the Father. They behold the face of the Father, which is in heaven. Psalms 103 and 20, it teaches that the angels hearkened unto the voice of God's word. Now, God has sent angels to make sure you get what you're supposed to get. But you have to work the word. See, all the promises of God are yes and amen, but all the promises of God are not automatic. I want to call your attention that God said in, in the Old Testament that he was going to send his angels before the children of Israel to cause them to be victorious. But they did not partner with the angels. They spoke contrary to God's revealed will. You got to speak in concert with God's revealed will. When you say by his stripes I'm healed, angels are going to come and make sure. When you say God has made me rich, angels are going to come and make sure you get what you're supposed to get. When you concert yourself, and symphonize with the word. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about angelic assistance this week. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask for the ministering spirits to be stirred up around everyone that is hearing my word. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Jesus became poor. It is written, Jesus became poor that we, your children, Father, your children, Lord, might be rich. I say, go ministering spirits and cause thousands and thousands of dollars to come to me and my brothers and sisters in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we accept you at your word. And we say that it is written, Jesus became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. You see us as being rich. Go medicine spirits and cause bonanzas and suddenness to come to us, thousands and thousands of dollars. Cause us to find a vein of prosperity so that we align up with your word. It is written also, Father, that by your stripes we are healed. Well, some might have tumors. Go medicine spirits and remove the tumors from the bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go medicine spirits. And bring the healing balm and touch every sick person, even now, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go, ministering spirits, and cause every virus and every disease germ to leave the children of God, to leave their bodies and to leave their homes, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go, angelic hosts, and cause peace to be in the children of God's home for the chastisement of our pieces upon Jesus. And by his stripes we're healed. So I command peace 
and I command healing upon upon everyone's home and everyone's body, and I command prosperity upon everyone's home and upon every person that is hearing my voice, for it is written as yours. Go, ministering spirits, and cause what is written to come to pass in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, in Isaiah, the 54th chapter, and at the 13th verse, we're talking about angelic assistance. It says, and all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Now, this is God's revealed will, right? We know this is what he desires. How many of y'all have had children, it seems like they're not taught of the Lord? How many has had children being bullied and different things like that, and they don't have peace? So when you realize that Satan is robbing you, you have to begin to appropriate the word of God. You have to quote this word, and then you would say, go, ministering spirits, and cause my children to be taught of the Lord. Go, ministering spirits, and cause my children to be at peace. Cause the bullet to stop. I bind the spirit of oppression. See, I bind the spirit of bullying and oppression and stupidity that is around my children, and I say, go, ministering spirits, and cause my children to be taught of the Lord and not of the devil. Cause peace to be on my children. Go minister spirits. Go angels of the Lord. For it is written, you camped, you encamped around me and my household. See, in verse 14, it says, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Who, who's going to enforce that word? The unseen heavenly beings. The unseen angels are fighting against unseen evil angels. Evil angels hearkening unto the voice of your words. Good angels hearkening unto your voice of God's word. See, to, today I'm putting God's word in the atmosphere, and angels are being stirred up to work on your behalf. You should, you should be excited. Lord, I thank you for sending angelic hosts to work on my behalf. See, in righteousness, thou shalt thou be established. Established means... It's going to be a, a, a lot happening on a day-by-day basis until you're strong, until you're fastened into that particular area. So you're going to be established in the area of righteousness. Thou shalt be far from oppression. See, oppression is illegal. I command the spirit of depression to leave you now. Go, ministering spirits, and attack the spirit of depression and leave God's children in the name of the Lord Jesus. For thou shalt not fear. Go, ministering spirits, and attack the spirit of fear and cause them to leave God's children in the name of the Lord Jesus. See, for thou shalt shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. So people will gather together. You know, it, it's sad, but you'll have people gather together against the pastors and against the ministers sometimes. I done heard a story with a deacon board. People like that, they didn't they didn't create cliques in the church and gather together against the pastor. Yeah. Oh, they'll do it against just regular lay members. It don't have to be a pastor. It, it could be you, uh, just me, a normal person. You a normal person on the job. They'll gather together because they don't like you. See, but God said he didn't organize that meeting. The devil organized that meeting. See, what they're doing when they're getting together against you, they're using their words to create evil angels to come around you. Let me show you what the Lord is going to do, though. 
Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. See, this is for the children of God. If somebody is gathering together against thee, you're going to fall. Are they going to fall for your sake? Now, that's why we can't be the ones that's gathering together against people because we'll fall if we're doing that. How I many understand that? If we're guilty of this, God is not a respectable person. We will fall. We don't want to be guilty of gathering together against the children of God. Well, we need to gather together against the devil. We need to have proud means to attack the devil, but not children of God. See, God said, he, behold, I have created the smith. Talking about a blacksmith that blew up the coals in the fire. See, back then they had blacksmiths that make those swords. And they put those swords in that fire to heat that metal to form it into a sword. See, so it says, behold, I have created the smith, a blacksmith that blew up the coals in the fire and that bring it forth an instrument for his work. So he can not only make swords, he can make other stuff. And I have created the waster to destroy. Now, why is this? God said, I can do these things. I can make stuff happen. Now, in verse 17, he says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Now, what is the weapon that is formed? The people that were gathering together, what they do? They're speaking words, right? Psalms 103 and 20 said, angels, the angels of the Lord hearken unto the voice of God's word. Well, because uh, sometimes you have evil angels. See, in the book of Daniel, God had to send archangels to fight against evil angels. Because the evil angels, the ones that were kicked out of heaven, they are encamped over a region, right? And then they'll send their little demons to work in the, in the earth realm while they're dominating that region. See, when you see a region dominate, let's take uh, Alabama Village. I'll take that for instance, over in Pritchett. Well, there's a lot of poverty over there. Uh, the streets flood over there. All the houses are dilapidated over there. You know what's going on right there? You have an evil angel that's encamped over that portion, dominating, causing murder, causing poverty, and he's just having his way. Now, if somebody get dedicated in that area and start praying against it, do you know it'll change? It might not change overnight, but, you know, you'll change the spiritual condition. And then the, the godly angels have to dispatch his angels to start to influence that region. See, there's a whole other teaching on that, but it's in concert with this. But it says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants. Now, we're no more servants. We're sons of God now. But, we're, but this is the heritage of the servants, our sons of God, of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are sons of God. So God has said, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that's rise against me in judgment, who's going to condemn it? Thou going to condemn it. Now, angels hearken unto your word, so you have to do the condemning. You have to work the word. This is where a lot of people miss it. They think that Case arise, arise, wherever we'll be, we'll be. Now you have to work the word. If you don't work the word, using your voice in prayer and in decrees, things will remain the same way. If you got a problem, it's going to stay like that until you start being violent to take it by force. See, because the kingdom, the devil try to bring violent, but the violent take it by force. 
Brothers and sisters, I got a lot to say, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome on this Wednesday. I'm very happy to be with you. We're talking about angelic assistance. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I ask that you confirm this word, Lord, that is written, Lord, and that I'm ministering to your children with signs and wonders in the name of the Lord Jesus. Second Corinthians 8 and 9. It says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why did Jesus become poor? The Bible plainly says that Jesus Christ was rich. You know Jesus Christ was sin-free, right? But he became sin, right? Right? Why did he become sin? He became sin so that you would be forgiven. Right? You know he was never sick. See? The, the iniquity of all of us was laid upon him, right? Iniquity causes what? Sickness, all that stuff. By his what? Strikes, because he was beat for our iniquities. And our iniquities and our sins, it causes sickness. See, Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you read the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, we would, if you violated what God say say uh, uh, not to do in His laws, those curses came upon people, and all those curses in Deuteronomy twenty eight are come upon people for violating the old covenant, right? Well, Jesus took the punishment for violating those curses away when you received Him as your Lord and Savior. We're talking about angelic assistance. Bear with me. Well. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for his sakes he became poor. Now, Jesus was rich, and he made himself poor. Why? That ye through his poverty might be rich. So in the mind of justice, God sees all of his children as being rich. The streets is paved with gold. Diamonds and sapphires and all kind of stuff. Read Revelation, you'll find out. God is extravagant. God is extravagant. When he used to have a priest, they used to have golden ephods. I mean, they used to have to be clean, boy. They'd be sharp, linen on. You know, they got them linen suits, you know, at, at a certain stores. I mean, his people just be clean. So it ain't nothing wrong with a man of God being sharp. It ain't nothing wrong with a man of God having a, a, a plane. It's not nothing wrong with a man of God uh, having uh, snake skin or whatever, gator skin or whatever kind of shoes, if that's how he decided to wear or uh, dress. Nothing wrong with a man of God having a Lamborghini. There's nothing wrong with it. God don't want the money to have you. See, that's the problem. See, that's the, he don't want it to have you. David was rich, Solomon, um, Abraham. Abraham. The Bible says Abraham was very rich. Uh, Israel, Jacob, you know, Isaac, all of these guys. These guys was rich. In Genesis 26 and 2, I believe, or 26 and 12, 
It's somewhere in that area. It's in the 26th chapter of Genesis. It said Isaac sowed into the ground, and he reaped that same year a hundredfold. So prosperity is also tied to your giving. You know, you should give to get. You should give to get. Don't a farmer sow seed to get crops? Well, I, I give to get. I don't give and say, bless God. I just love giving. It's better to give and not receive. No, no, I give to receive. I give to receive. I plant. If I'm planting crops, I'm planting to receive a harvest. God never told you to give and don't expect. He said to give. Jesus said, give and it shall be given back. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, me and giving to my bosom. How y'all like how blunt I put it? i just tell you exactly what it says. It says give to get. It says if you sow bountifully, you shall reap bountifully. It says honor the Lord with the first fruits so that our bonds may be filled with plenty and your vats shall burst out with new wine. God it has set a spiritual law in the motion, a law of sowing and reaping. He said one place in the old covenant, he said, prove me. He told him to pay the tithe in the old covenant. And he told him to prove me and see. He said, do it to get. He said, give to get. That's what prove me means. He said, give and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven to, uh, and uh, pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. So Jesus has set certain ordinances and certain spiritual laws to cause you to be rich. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. He did this. Okay, so let me read it again, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So Jesus is not happy when you say, well, God don't want nobody driving a Benz. That don't make him happy when he then became poor so that you might be rich. He's not happy if you can't pay your bills. So if you poor, can't own a car and can't pay your bills, is Jesus doing it or the devil? The devil is doing it. Now, since the devil is doing it, now you got to stand against it and you're going to use angelic assistance. Let's go to 2 uh, uh, Corinthians, the ninth chapter. At verse 6, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So we learned in the previous chapter that Jesus actually wants, he sees you as being rich, but you still have to work the word. See, people want to read that and say, well, Jesus see me rich. You know, I, I should get rich. Well, I obey the principles of the Bible, practice the principles of the Bible or not. It don't, it don't work that way, brothers and sisters. I said, it don't work that way. Hallelujah. So it says again, let's read it again. But this I say, is in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Don't that tell you you give to get, you give sparingly? You, you don't like to give, you're going to reap sparingly. It, it, the Bible is plain. And he which soweth bountifully shall, also, shall reap also bountifully. The Bible is plain. If you sow a little, you reap a little. If you sow it a lot, you shall reap a lot. 
It's right here, Second Corinthians 9 and 6. That's what it says. So you can infer if your finances ain't right, it could be this, or it could be something else. I'm going to get to that. Verse 7, it says, every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give. Whatever you feel in your spirit, man, give. Don't do it unless you want to do it. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Don't let nobody pull off. You, you give what you feel in your spirit. For God love it, a cheerful giver. If you say, I ain't getting no money to that preacher, don't give it. Because God don't like, he don't appreciate your attitude. It said he love it, a cheerful giver. And it said, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always have an all sufficient in all things may abound in every good work. And then uh, if you drop down to verse 19, it said, Now he that ministers seed to the soil, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Now he's going to multiply back to you what you've sown, and he's going to increase the fruits of your righteousness. I don't have time to get in what that is, the fruits of your righteousness. But what I mean by that, giving is practicing righteousness. Praying is practicing righteousness. Fasting is practicing righteousness. Seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added back to you. You know, even in the old covenant, God required a poor widow woman who was about to eat her last meal and die to sow a seed to Elijah before he released the blessing. Now, after you have obeyed the word, you say, Lord, I've given. You, you say, I have given, and it is given back to me. Go, ministering spirits. See, now you send the angels out. See, because the devil is the one that's holding off your, off your blessing. Go, ministering spirit. I need $1,000 next week. Go, ministering spirits, and cause that $1,000 to come in for, for my bills in the name of the Lord Jesus. I had a lot to say, but I ran out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. On this Thursday, I'm very happy and excited to once again present to you the words of the Father, hallelujah, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, to bless you, to be a blessing, for it is God that's working in me, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Holy Spirit, be unleashed and cause the blessings to fall, cause the angels of the Lord to be stirred today. Glory, bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do the Lord's commandments, hearkening unto the voice of God's word. Be excited, angels. We're, we're going to praise our God together. Hallelujah. Glory. Be stirred up, angels of the Lord. Be stirred up, and let's take the land. Brothers and sisters, be excited, and let's take the lands with the ex assistance of angelic hosts. Hallelujah. Talking about angelic assistance, Hebrews, the first chapter, and let's start at the seventh verse. And of the angels, he said, who make it his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? When I first read that, I thought God was talking about who make the angels spirits and his ministers, I thought he was talking about, like, people who preach the gospel, who makes the ministers that preach the gospel a flame of fire. 
That's what I thought he was talking about. And the reason I thought that, because, you know, a minister ought to have a little fire in the fire of the Holy Ghost. You know, our God is a consuming fire. And, you know, it talks about cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them in the second chapter of Acts. And they was all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You know, the Spirit of God is in you. Glory, hallelujah. And he communicates to you through your human spirit. Who knows the spirit of man except the spirit of God? See, man communicate the man in the in the physical realm uh, or with the mental, but God uh, communicates with man through the spirit realm. But it says of his angels, he said, who make it his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Now, when you drop down in that same chapter, we're in Hebrews 1 and at the 14th verse, it says, are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Glory. Let me read that again. The ministering spirits are the angels, right? Well, let's start at the 13th verse so you understand being a context. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool? He's talking about Jesus. Then, then he's going to refer to what angels are. He said, are they not all ministering spirits? Sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Now, God realized that demons was in the earth because he threw them down here when he kicked them out of heaven. In the book of Daniel, if you read the whole book of Daniel, you'll notice that Daniel was doing a lot of spiritual warfare. And I don't have time to go to all the verses, but you'll notice what Daniel would do Daniel would start praying and fasting, right, when he had a problem. And at one place, God said, when you first started your fast, I sent Michael. I guess Michael is a, is a warfare angel. Now, if I got that wrong, y'all forgive me, but I think the particular angel he sent was Michael. And Michael, when Michael finally made it to him, it was either Michael or Gabriel, one of them, he said, that he was fighting with demons in the heavens. They withstood him 21 days. It took him 21 days to defeat this demonic principality. And if anybody know history, Michael began to tell him, I was fighting with the, the, uh, the spirit of Greece and different demonic principalities over regions. Well, when you go and search history and compare it with the natural, you had different conquerors coming at during that time, Alexander the Great. Then you had Napoleon. The conquering spirits and the, the, the men that was obeying that demonic principality would be like Napoleon or Alexander the Great. I say, for instance, a demonic principality was released over Germany during World War II and during that time frame. And the demonic principality you know, I don't know the name of it, but the, the man in the natural that was influenced by that principality was Adolf Hitler. So the demons in the heavenlies 
was communicate with the demons in the earth, and they influenced men. Well, the same thing happens in the spiritual realm on the Lord's side. You can release a spiritual principality if you're a Christian over a neighborhood, over a church, over a city, over a state, over a country. See, that's why Jesus said, occupy till I come. Well, the way you're going to occupy is in the spirit realm. You have to change the spiritual condition. See what I'm saying? By using these ministering spirits. Now, if, if let's say you, at your church, you see an outbreak of homosexuality in the youth, right? You know, God don't want those children, those teenagers to be homosexual. Well, you know that a demonic principality came in and start influencing an influencer. See, you got one of those kids might be an influencer, like Little Nas X or something. And that demon principality get start influencing Little Nas X of your uh, of the youth or whatever. And he being a sodomite, his influence being great. Well, the demon's gonna work with that influencer to try to infiltrate and leaven the whole bunch of uh, children. Where you come in is you do spiritual warfare. You say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, it's not the Lord's will that the homo spirit of homosexuality take over the youth of my church. You can get with yourself or a group of men. One will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand. And you get three. Oh man, if you can get ten, twenty. See, as many as you get the, the spiritual anointing multiplies. It's power in unity. And the more people you can get in unity, the better. It's hard to get a lot a lot of people in unity, but the more you can get, the better, though. And see, you you only be able to do that through spiritual warfare. You won't know the truth. Well, you get, it might start off just you. And if you can get two, then graduate to three and start binding the spirit of sexual perversion that's operating in the youth department. Binding the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority over the spirit of homosexuality that's operating in the youth of my church. <clears throat> and we drive it out in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we release a spirit of purity, a spirit of righteousness, a spirit of holiness upon the youth. Come, innocent spirits, and cause the plan of God to be put into action. And that's what the angels do. The angels come and fight against that, that spiritual influence. But you have to work the word. If you don't work the word, if we sit up there and do nothing, that spirit is going to dominate and start influencing the whole bunch. We can't sit idle and do nothing. And God has given us help. He's given us angel messengers to help us. <clears throat> Psalms 103, and at verse 20, it says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. When we get God's revealed will, whether it's revealed in spirit or revealed in his word, we're supposed to declare God's word and release angels to take that ground. Uh, the devil has came in and infiltrated. We pray and we use the, the ministry of angels 
angelic assistance to beat the living daylights out of those evil demons in the heavenlies until we get the victory. And I just gave one example. You do this in every area of life. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Have a great day. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about angelic assistance. Let me get right into the word. Let's go to Exodus, the 23rd chapter, and let's start at the 20th verse. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. You remember earlier this week when we uh, studied that our angels always behold the face of the Father? And it and it says, um, don't provoke him. In other words, don't speak contrary to the word of God. For the angels of the Lord hearken unto the voice of God's word. Don't call yourself a nobody when God says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are somebody. Don't call yourself poor when God says his revealed will is that you be rich. God wants you to partner with his will. What held a group of people, the Israelites, out, out of the promised land, the first bunch, is that they refused to say out of their mouth what God said. They called themselves grasshoppers. They called themselves inferior. Oh, I hope you're catching it. Don't call yourself inferior. Don't call yourself weak. Don't call yourself poor. He desired for them to go into a land that flowed with milk and honey. Don't call yourself sick because the revealed will is by his stripes you're healed. Yes, you might feel bad in your body sometimes, but don't consider your body. Consider only what God has said by his stripes you're healed. It'll disappear, it'll go away. It might hurt like that for a day or two or whatever, but it's going away. Because God's revealed will is the good life, that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. That is his will. Anything contrary to that, the devil is doing. Now, verse 22, it says, But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thine adversaries. Man, I don't want to be on that side. You don't want to come against somebody who's obeying the voice of God so that God will be an enemy unto you. And God will be an adversary unto you. No, you want to be in line with the word. Now, this is the old covenant, they uh, but it's the same in the new covenant. You keep your particular covenant to walk in love. The love of the Lord thy God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. When you're doing that, you're in, you're in covenant with God. That's the new covenant. It's a covenant of love. It's a covenant of grace. It's a covenant of mercy. And when you're under that covenant, love, grace, and mercy, God is going to be an enemy to your enemies. And God is going to be an adversary to your adversary. See, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil is the one that brings up a false accusation. That ain't the spirit of love. That's the spirit of Satan. He accused the brethren day and night unto the Lord. 
he rose up against Joshua in Zechariah the third or the uh, second chapter and accused him to God. And God said, that was a brand plucked out of the fire. Verse 23, it says, for mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Yeah, them people were still giants. They were still bigger than the children of Israel, but God was going to be the one that was going to work with them. I'm convinced during World War II, you know, there's a lot of great men of God living during that time. Kenneth E. Hagen, William Branham, Jack Cole, A.A. A. Allen, a lot of great men of God in the healing ministry, prophets. I think even Smith Wigglesworth lived during that time. And I believe that it was those great men of God that understood Derek Prince, that understood something about our uh, spiritual warfare that caused us to win the war. They knew something about angelic ministry. I remember I read a Derek Prince book when it's saying, Shaping the Course of History Through Prayer and Fasting. Great book. <clears throat> he talked about how he fought with the British Army in the uh, campaign in Africa and how he was praying and fasting that God would give them the victory. And the answer to his prayer was their top general died, and they replaced him with a guy named Montgomery. Montgomery was a born-again Christian that required that all men pray before we go to battle, and, they, and, the, and the British ended up winning that, the battle of El Amin. Derek Prince talked about that in his book. He talked about the war in 1948, uh, one of them years when uh, all of them attacked Israel, and he was praying and fasting. And how God, the soldiers, he said his house was like two or three miles from the front line. The soldiers, he'll have soldiers at his house and feed them when he was living in Jerusalem. And how they was telling reports of angelic help, angels killing the enemy. God wants to help his people. God wants to assist his people. God want to visit this generation with that same anointing that that generation had. Are we willing to pray? Are we willing to have meetings like that generation? Are we willing to stop forsaking to assemble ourselves together as the manner of most are in this generation? You know, I was I had to go to church when I was young. It wasn't optional. Now we want to give undisciplined people, children, the option of whether to go to church or not. I ain't saying be religious or legalistic. What I'm saying is a child, he's going to want to play the game all the time. A child going to want to watch the football game all the time. I'm really talking about grown men, but I'm using the word children, children spiritually. You don't want to pray? What what are we going to do? You you think you think we're going to make it without prayer? Well, I took a, I got off track a little bit, but it's good anyway. Verse 24, thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt ugly overthrow them and quite break down their images. And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. That's Exodus 23 and 25. You shall highlight that in your Bible, that the Lord desired revealed will is to bless your food and your water. That's what he going to do. And he's going to be the one that takes sickness away from the midst of thee. He's going to do it. God is the one that does that. He is the one that heals your body. He is the one that takes sickness away from the mystery. 
He is the one that bless your food. He is the one that bless your water. See? There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren. In other words, no miscarriages, no barrenness. God's will is not to abort the baby, casting the young. That's not God's will. That's verse 26. This scripture says that God is against the bush. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren. His reveal is that you have plenty of babies, that, that you go on in there with your wife. Wife, go on in there with your husband. Get down, have them babies. See? There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren. This is God's will. It's written. In thy land, the number of thy days I will fulfill. Other words, he don't want you to die early. God is the one that's going to fulfill all your days, have you having babies, and he don't want you to cast your young early. I will send my fear before thee. He's going to call our enemies to be scared of us and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thy enemies turn their backs unto thee. God is the one causing your enemies to be scattered and turn turn their backs on thee. And I will send hornets before thee, and shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. Hallelujah. He's going to drive them out little by little. Let's drop down to verse 32. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. Don't make an agreement with these wicked people. Don't make a covenant with them. Don't make a covenant with their idol, with the Muslim God. Don't make no covenant with Baal Allah. Don't make a covenant with Baal Allah. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Now, angels are who God is going to use to cause his will. You got to know how to pray. You confess God's will, and then you say, go ministering spirits. Go ministering spirits, bring in the money. Go ministering spirits and drive out this homosexuality. Go ministering spirits and drive out this abortion. Partner with God, reveals will, and then pray about it, then release angelic hosts. You have to work the word. Be blessed. Have a great weekend.